0: It is always a blessing as always to have our time. Tonight we're going to be talking about stop lying on Christ. <laughs> as you all know by now, I tell you that the Lord has me to any post that I put up or any uh movie, video, anything like that, he'll have me to put up. And sometimes you wonder, Lord, you, you really want me to do that? Because hey. You know that there might be some, <laughs> some, um, you know, some repercussions or some uh, kickback on what we're having to say. <laughs> but nevertheless, the Lord always have us to do what we have to do. How are you beautiful? So glad to see you. Um, I was I posted a video pertaining to this minister that was well known. And he was talking about how Christ uh, was uh, having sexual feelings towards Mary Magdalene and how when she was touching him, it was all in his flesh, and he didn't know what to do about it. Well, one, he got the woman wrong because Mary Magdalene, the word says, that Christ delivered her of seven spirits, and none of it said that she was a prostitute. The woman was very wealthy and um eventually she was funding the ministry it didn't say anything like that the scripture does however say that it was Lazarus' sister Mary that had anointed his feet with oil so when we put our stuff out on Christ making people think that every time we suffer in the flesh it has to be sin it has to be sexual and that's not true as a matter of fact First Peter. First Peter said, he was saying um, in the first verse, he says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding. In other words, get it clear. Because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sins. That tells you right there. Christ, first of all, did not have a sinful nature about him. He came to a culture that was very much legalistic on the things that God said and how you to treat people. So he was taught this from birth in the flesh part, but that's God himself who has no sinful nature. Yet he loves us enough to allow us with our sinful nature to come to him and he would take all of these things away. Let's say that again. He said, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding. Because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. In order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. That's what suffering in the flesh is. Everything about what we're going through in our life, in this fleshly body, is to... We're supposed to be giving it over to the desires of the Lord. His will. And we have a tendency that every time we have a a moment, we want to blame God for it. Well, God, you understand. We don't want to give up our stuff. Now, he told us, yes, there's two natures. There's two worlds. He said that you are in the world, but don't be of the world. Now, how can we be in the world, but not of the world? He's talking spiritually because we do live physically in this world, but there's two spiritual natures. When we get into the kingdom of God, we no longer have the desire for this other stuff. He went on to say, For there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do. That means we no longer supposed to be Gentiles. We're supposed to be children of the Most High God. He said... We had enough time. Therefore, there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. Now, see, that's what gets people upset with God. If they anything they want to do, and they don't want to give it up, then God. The Bible and all of that, it, it's just too legalistic. It try to tell you what to do. You got to have even your own parents t- tell you right from wrong, if they know right from wrong, or else they're going to teach you what they know. They have standards. You have some guidelines. Now, if you're saying that you are a child of God, and all you ever want to do is what you see the world doing, who really is your parent? And why are you so upset when they call you out on stuff? If they have having to call you out on anything, that means that you are doing these things. That and, and, and it has to change. And we have so many people who are saying that they are children of God. And a fight tooth and nail to take somebody else's spouse. Or... tooth and nail to do whatever it is, you know, like the very things he said, having these orgies and and all of these other things, and you get upset when the word tells you, you're not supposed to be doing this. So the first thing these false leaders will tell you, God understands. There's even a, a, how are you, uh, Pastor Shelley? how are you doing? Glad to see you you have this uh, this um, commercial now that says Jesus sees us or he understands us he sure does but he's not in relationship with all of us in order for us to be in a relationship with him we have to come the way he said and that's just it you can't even hang around with folks that you don't get along with you got to have something in common or else how are you going to be walking together he said except you agree it went on in first peter 4 he said they are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living and they slander you they talk about you like a dog you might have been their friend at one point and, and you want you were hanging out and doing the same things and then your life changed and they talking about you now. You still love them. And and maybe some of them may be relatives. You you just can't stop being relatives. But they maybe not want to hang around with you or your friends, your former friends no longer want to hang around with you because you no longer are doing those things. And they slander you. Slander means telling the truth but in a malicious way. So how can they slander you if you no longer doing what they were doing? That means they call you out for what you used to do and try to to hurt you with it. Telling everybody, oh, girl, please. I don't know why in the world she thinks she's all of that. Girl, you remember when she was hanging around with us, she was dropping it like it's hot as that. She can take more, she could take more uh hits than all of us put together. And girl, she can down a bottle in, in less than five minutes. All of this stuff they say about you. Cause where you used to be, they upset because you no longer are where they are. And you loving them so much you know a better way. And you want to. Embrace them, call them in so they can understand this new way of life. But instead, they take it as criticism. They take it as you being vicious because they are living in the flesh in the wrong sense. They're not living in the flesh according to the way that Peter said, the Lord said. That means when you're in the flesh, your whole desire is Him, His will, His desires. You no longer want to do this stuff. Then he went on to say they will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead. So that although they might be judged in the flesh according to human standards, they might live in the spirit according to God's standards. How many of us have had to actually ask the Lord to forgive us for believing in some of these false leaders? Because I'm going to tell you, I have been in some um, conferences with some of these people. I'm going to tell you, it's the truth. How are you doing, evangelists and glad to see you. Some of us have been in, in, in the midst of these people, and the word that they were preaching was the truth. They came from the Bible. But you didn't know because you was you they the enemy used a situation that you were going through. Maybe you had problems in your body, health wise. Maybe you had problems in your family, your, your brothers and sisters separated, your mother and father, or your spouse. And you're going through all of these things, and you are going to hear a word from the Lord. You've been praying, you've been fasting. But you also know that the Lord said that we should be in the midst of others. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But so much the more as you see the day approaching. You also know that he said that where the two agree he will be together, he will be in the midst. And we calling on his name. Not just hanging around being crazy. But we're there Praying for somebody, praying for a situation. Peter went on to talk about how we're supposed to behave. What is the decorum? How we, what what are we supposed to do now that the end time is so close? What did he tell us? He told us that we're supposed to be sober minded, but he said above all we are to maintain constant love for one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins. Now see, that's when people start lying on Christ, right there. God loves us. God understands us. He knows we're going to sin. So we just go and say we're sorry. Lord, you know I'm sorry for sinning. You knew I was going to do it. And they think that the Lord's supposed to take whatever we vomit on Him, whatever we we have a, a spiritual message thrown in His face, and He's supposed to accept it. Otherwise, He can't be God. And then when He calls you out on the truth because He can't deal with sin, don't want it, will not acknowledge it you're not going to keep doing it, then you get mad. I don't want God. What is he? That Bible's no good. It's just religious. Christ wasn't religious at all. God is not religious. He's God. He told us to go ahead and be hospitable to one another without complaining about it. Somebody's coming to you. They they need to come to you. See now I'm just gonna I, I I might be upsetting some folks and y'all know really I love you. I love you, but I have to say what the Lord says. A lot of us have gotten to the point where we we have become so inhospitable. People have to call you a week in advance to come to your house. They can't just show up. Why? Because if you were doing what you're supposed to do, people are supposed to be like it was in the old days. People didn't have all these cell phones and everything else calling you ahead of time to tell you they're going to be visiting. They might be out of town and they over by your way and they just show up. They either saw you or they didn't because you maybe wasn't at home. But now folks got to call ahead of time because I might not have my house clean. I might just want to hang around in my pajamas. So... If the people show up so they come to see you, not your house and not your pajamas. They might have a burden in their spirit, but the Lord put you in their heart, put you on their mind. They needed to come to you. They might just need it to be in your presence. That the devil who was trying to mess with them could leave. Oh, but no, you're such a celebrity, they can't come. You call me ahead of time. You can't just show up. And where did the Lord say anything about that? We are so phony and saying it's God's standards that we can't do anything like the way he did it. If you see how simple he was when it came down to relationships, we need to repent. Stop our mess. So phony. We can't even keep relationships with people oftentimes because when they get us angry, the first thing we do, instead of going to God, "What, what is it about what they said or what they did bother me? No, you make it their problem. And then all of a sudden, you run to everybody else. About your problem because you didn't see it It was you, the Lord, trying to show us. That's us. We need to straighten this. That's why that's bothering you. Then we cause so much ruckus in the church. We're talking about church leaders now. These are the ones that regurgitate their mess. Spiritually ejaculating all over people. Sending people to hell for stuff they do on themselves. You've had leaders sitting there laying their hands on people and just got out of a bed with somebody they weren't supposed to be with. But they putting that off on you and you're wondering why you're going through stuff. And they lying on Christ. I'm anointed. The Lord don't tarry with mess. He gives us a chance, but you're not going to keep taking him to stuff. You're wondering why there's so much sexual sin in the body of Christ. Why so many young people have been, what we say, turned out. Because what this is what we've got to understand. Lust demon is a spirit. It's an angel. A fallen angel is a spirit. Now it's a principality of old demons. And lust doesn't care whom it affects. It doesn't care how it manifests itself. Lust is lust is lust. Lust demon in one person could cause that person to sleep with a child. And another person cause that person to uh, a woman to sleep with a woman or a man to sleep with a man. Or it could cause that person to sleep with a dog or a cat. And then another person, it could cause them to love money and stuff and recognition and status so much until they'll take somebody's life. It's still lust. It's just manifested differently in the host. And then when that person has a title that they put on themselves, I'm a pastor such and such. you you got so many apostles that God didn't call. So many prophets God didn't call and preachers and teachers. And the ones he did call, you don't recognize them. They're the ones that are probably working in the hospitals and in the post office. They're the ones that working behind the counter in the drug store. They're the ones that's checking out your groceries. They're the ones that God called and the ones that he's using. And you have all these people with the big names. And, and why is it that people can't understand that God is not going to rape you? He's not trying to steal from you. And you got these leaders, the first thing they tell you, if you need a healing, they put a price tag on it. And it's a big price tag because they don't look through some catalog, catalog of something they want to buy. They know how much it's going to cost them. So they'll start telling you, "I need." The Lord told me to tell you fifteen hundred dollars, this and five hundred dollars. The Lord never, ever is going to rape people of their funds. Yes, He'll put something in someone's spirit if there's something that the Lord needs for you to do. He'll tell you, but it's never above your means. You can handle it. The rich young ruler, He asked him for everything for a reason. He said. Go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. And the man couldn't do it. That means he wasn't called. Anytime we're doing things outside of God's will, we got some criteria to it. It's always got to be showy, showy, showy. We got to repent. We really need to stop lying on God. When you start t- telling the truth, we shouldn't have to start telling the truth. When you're in the body of Christ and you're God's child, you're supposed to be like Him. You're going to talk what he, you heard Him say. You, we got so many selfish people saying they're Christians, ready to leave this earth right now, don't care how many go to hell. They assume that because they're in the United States, everybody has heard about Christ. Not even in the United States, they haven't heard the gospel. They, they might have heard Christ's name, they might have heard God, but they don't know him. They've seen so much phony stuff. They've never got introduced to him. To know that he came humbly. And he came for relationship. They didn't know that he was telling them that yes... You don't have to worry about all this other stuff. Strengthening you, people are going to talk about you like a doll just because you love me. Just because you're talking about me. They're going to come against you. But I've overcome all of this. Don't put your trust in all of this stuff that you can see. That moth can eat up. It can be burnt and all of this. He tells you all of this stuff that you want. Yes, it's good for you to have. But don't put your whole heart in it. Because when you start doing that, that lust, you remember that lust spirit we just talked about, can come in there. Then people start lying. You got some people that can't have more than one friend at a time. It's truth. They cannot do it. Because they have not gotten themselves to really know who God is. He wants us to be a family. You got some people that they always got something negative to say about somebody, not realizing the very things that they're saying is them. And then when they end that relationship, they go to another relationship and talk about that person that, to this new person. And then, then when they get married that person, then they got to go back to the person they talked about and don't realize the enemy has made you look like a fool. When we talk about church leaders, I'm talking. That's what we're talking about. Now the rest of us, we've got to understand you are a leader. So that means all of us. If we have allowed that stuff to happen in our lives, do not say that that's uh, God is in that. He's not. He's not gonna do anything outside of his nature. When the Lord was telling us to love one another, that because that love covers a multitude of sins, doesn't mean that you, that sin is okay, you keep on doing it. No, 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 no. That means you love them enough that you're going to cover those multitude of sins in prayer. You want those things done away with. Just like it might be you. You want the Lord to really deliver them and set them free. Yes, they love you, Lord, but they still don't know who they are. they still depressed, so they may be drinking too much on the weekend. Lord, they still puff, puff, pass, repass, and then they get up there in the pulpit. Lord, they, they're doing all these things. I ask you to deliver them, set them free. You start praying for them. You don't uphold it. That means that these leaders are not where they're supposed to be. Supposed to sit down, get themselves together before you ever go back and try to spill out anything on God's people. Stop lying. You got people so lustful. They think everything is about their, their sex life. Mad at God because God ain't gave them nobody to have sex with. Only reason why they want to be married is just to have sex and have somebody to, uh, to have money and the one the Lord has for you, maybe they get to, what happens if they get to the point they can't have physical sex with you? You don't want them? They no good for you? Maybe if the one that God gave you that has the money, but they're not going to be weak like we want them to be and just go and just buy and do anything we want to, like the world. Everything that the Lord gives you is to give Him glory shouldn't be hungry people. There shouldn't be people with no homes. When there's so many empty buildings that could be dedicated to some ministry or ministries. And people living in there. And enough people to come in and love on them, counsel with them. Teach them about the kingdom of God. Oh, no, but we selfish. We're ready to get up out of here. Everybody done heard the word. When Christ said himself, he's not coming back. I don't care how many governments and how much the celebrities and the government officials and all of the meetings they get together trying to make a world world, one world government, one world uh, religion, and all of this stuff Christ said is going to happen. But I don't care how you plan You are not going to make God be anything but who he is and that's God. And you're not going to tell him what he's going to do because you want your agenda. He said he's not coming back until all have heard the gospel. There's people who have never heard the gospel. Different worlds. They're in a total different world. Maybe out in the jungle somewhere. Someone, even in the United States, how are they going to hear the gospel now they see it? You can't even get on this platform right here. On, 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 if you go on Facebook or YouTube and all these other things, you can have, see actual X-rated sex. You, you turn it in and you ask them, you, you, you tell them this is offensive to you, they may or may not delete it. And you're seeing everything you shouldn't be seeing. But that doesn't bother them. But you talk about God, though. Say something they don't like. You put up a word, and the Lord tell you get you a. You the Lord tell you to uh, uh, expound on something, like a video I had posted two years ago. Yes, and I'ma say, y'all know I ain't afraid of none of it. I don't care if they take me off. It don't make no difference. The Lord's still gonna have me to talk about Him wherever. So I had a video posted two years ago, and, and it was asking us to pray about the former President Trump. And I noticed that they would never let me post that video, and his mind. I recorded it myself. It wasn't even live. So I had to, to upload it. And they never would let that video go through. I'm listening to it. Nothing vicious in it at all. But see, the political thing, whoever you for, you don't want the other one to be talked about. We're supposed to be praying for all leaders. But see, it's amazing, though, when the Lord had me to, to come openly with the prayer for America, and he had me to go post it there, they go back two years where the video you would never let me upload, and you upload it ahead of the prayer, so maybe somebody hear that prayer or not. And then you black out every other word when it come down to the other president's, the former president's name, when I know what the Lord had me to say. When the enemy does that with us, when he we are praying, when the Lord tells us He He will pray for us with groanings and otherings we don't understand, we got all this stuff, and we always competing and things. Talk to God before you even go to the Word, so you won't be faking phony when you go there, because these are case notes. He's not limited to these sixty-six books. And then you got people so caught up with someone that they translated this way, they took this out. God will take care of his word. Why do you think people died to make sure they tried to keep this word from being there? That means he's keeping his word solid. But the word he'll talk to you, first ask him, talk to him. Stop listening to the enemy telling you that God does not talk to you. How do you think people who have never read the word know about God? He's a true and a living God. Don't you understand that these books that we read were not written when they were being lived. His word is forever true. He allowed those that were seeing these things to write it down. He knew. Yeah, he knows us. And he sees us. He knew down the line, I'm going to have to come back for these people because they don't, they're going to lose their mind. I need to remind them of some things. Put some things forever before they face. That's just like when you start seeing television too much. You got too many leaders. They so caught up in faking and phony. All week long, they got everything in their face. All week long, watching stuff on TV. They have no business watching. Messing with your flesh. When he said, if you suffer in your flesh, is supposed to be for the will of God, not for your sinful nature. And you want these spouses because your flesh is in a mess. It's just, it's just going to be true. This is where we got again. I don't know why he keeps saying it, but he keeps saying it all the time. Some people keep looking for spouses and not going to give them. Because the truth of the matter is, there's some things that we have done just like even with King David. Who God loved after his own heart and every last one of us. He'll forgive us of our sins when we come to him. But there's some repercussions to some of the things we've done. We're going to see the repercussions thereof. He's forgiven us, yes. But there's some repercussions. Like Sometimes when women have been uh, uh, tricked into or some have decided to get rid of children more than once. They no longer can have them. When they're ready and they have gotten married, they can't have them. doesn't mean God don't love them, but there's a repercussion. Maybe whoever did that procedure damaged some things. So she can't carry this child now. So God would give her children, though. There's some repercussions to what we do. The Lord been having me to pray for a church leader. I don't even know who they are. He hasn't given them a name. He just said there were two women. It's two women that uh, uh, had decided they were going to go into ministry together. And then he was saying that instead of them doing what the Lord had called them to do, they had gotten so caught up into stuff. They were almost to the point they were going to commit crimes. Not to the point of going to jail, but crimes in the spirit. They were scoundering people. But these two women became lovers. And here they were in front of everyone, everyone thinking that 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 was the apostle and their their armor-bearer. And they were totally out of the will of the Lord, using the word, laying hands on people. And when they're done with all of their form and fashion, because God wasn't in it, they would go back and get into the bed together. And then preach other people who were living that lifestyle because they thought that's what they needed to be. Because they were raped or, you know, the same sex dealt with them in such a fashion that they flesh responded. They think that that's who I am. They were sending these people to hell, but they were living this life. So the Lord been having me to pray for them. That they would get to know him while they still have time. Now, at some point in time, the Lord will tell you not to pray for some people. Oh, I know everybody said the Lord said you're supposed to pray for everyone. Nope. Some people are turned over to a reprobate mind. They don't want to be with Him. They don't want to do what the Lord says. They're going to do what they want to do. He said don't pray for them, so stop. We need to stop lying and putting Christ on everything, that Christ was a sinner. We first thing we say, that Christ was tempted in all ways as we were. Scripture says that, yeah. But what did he say without sin? Then we get to the point where we want to say God tempted us. God don't tempt us in no evil. He don't even tempt us at all. He can't be tempted and he does not tempt anyone. Word said that too. He went on to say Peter was going to tell us, don't be surprised when. We have these fiery ordeals, the enemy coming at us and the world coming at us with things like right now. Things could be going on in your body. Just like with me, you can see this thyroid. It's um, puffed out sometimes. And I told them, I noticed it for years. It was, some, uh, it was difficult to swallow. The enemy would try you with this, with uh, uh, asthma or whatever. The Lord fixed that. Then all of a sudden he'll try you. Uh, uh, with this thyroid and you didn't even know it and all these things and and you continue to talk to the Lord because you're not concerned about what the enemy will try because really honestly when you know him you don't care even if he decides to take you home you said it's the better but you know you're not going anywhere unless he allows it and if he allows it then my desire is not to leave until I've done everything he told me to do. Now, I had a biopsy yesterday, and we'll find out the results, and I'm not worried about anything as far as it being uh, cancerous, and and I know you all are believing for that. And even the doctor himself, he was saying that many times women suffer with thyroids and all of this. See, I refuse for the enemy to keep saying that we we got to suffer with some things. No. He will come at you because you were called. Peter, who God pulled to the side, who was nobody's chump, didn't back down. The Lord taught him some secret things. He took who Peter, James, and John. James and John, his brothers, who didn't even believe he was God. They knew he was his brother, their brother. And then they realized after he was resurrected truly he was God. They saw the miracles. They were used to it apparently. You shouldn't be surprised when things come your way. Fiery ordeals. That's the enemy coming at you because he's upset. He said to do what? To test you as if something unusual was happening to you. To make you think that's strange. That you're being tested. But who do we say test you? God would test, but he don't tempt. But when he said fiery ordeals, that means the enemy's coming to test. Are you really who you say you are? Do you know the God you say you believe in? He said, what? He said, instead rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ. Christ suffered in his flesh, but that it wasn't sexual. He wasn't even sick. He suffered in his flesh because he suffered for us. All of the stuff that we deserve to undertake. He took it upon himself. He said what? He said instead rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. His glory will be revealed in everything that you're going through. You're going to still talk about Him. You're going to talk about the goodness that He's brought in your life. That even though this may be going on, I I know He's still God. I know He's capable of delivering me. I know He's capable of, of stopping this or whatever it is in the situation in somebody's life you're praying for. But if He chooses not to, that doesn't stop Him from being God. And what can an enemy do with something like that? Then what did he say? He said, if you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed. What? You are talked about, laughed at. People don't like you. Don't want to deal with you because you're going to talk about Christ way too much for them. He said, you are blessed. Why? Because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. You talk about your family talking about you. You pray too much. You're just, just over the time. Every time we see them, they always talking about God. They talking about something about church. Aren't you his? That's your husband then. With the bride of Christ, you mean to tell me you're not supposed to talk about it? Seriously? Are you in a relationship with him or not? Do you love him or not? Because whom you love, you're going to talk about. It. Now, it's not like us fleshly people. We know we've had folks that do that, to say they love us in the next moment. As soon as they found somebody that would do what they wanted to do at that moment because their flesh was in a mess. You could have been doing everything they wanted you to do, but their flesh was in a mess. They go to somebody to satisfy, stroke their ego. Didn't want to hear any truth. You don't have to be nagging people for them to mess up either. I hope that for somebody. I hope y'all, whoever needed that, heard that. Just because somebody said you're a nag, don't mean you're a nag. That means that you are doing what God said you to do. That means, like, say that, and this has to be for uh, husbands and wives, apparently. Generally, if a woman is, because you are a helper, you are. Yes, the helper. That's it. (laughs) The Lord reveals something to help that husband. Help your husband or her husband. And you just repeat it. Or, you know, you're repeating it to them. And if he gets upset, and you didn't say anything out of order, you wasn't yelling, you wasn't screaming, you just said what he said. Now, if he gets upset... mean, he has one or two things to do. Go pray and wait. Or go pray and wait is one. (laughs) Or refuse to listen. And that's just it. It's not an argument. Flesh will always come against the spirit. And the other way around, women could be the husband is telling her something that the Lord has told her, and she don't want to hear it because she wants what she wants. She's an independent one <laughs> Can do whatever she want to do. And he's telling her what the Lord says, and she don't want to hear it. So she kicks against the prick. She can listen, pray and wait, or ignore it. But if she does, she's in trouble. Gotta stop blaming Christ for all this stuff. What did Peter went on to say, What? He said, Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. Some always in somebody's business. He said, You're gonna suffer because you know that. Because if you're an evildoer, you're gonna reap that. (laughs) If you're a murderer, you're gonna go to prison. Uh, uh, if you're a thief, you going into prison, if somebody didn't kill you, evil doing all this, you're going to suffer. He said, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, listen cleverly, what he say? if you suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. If you're suffering just because you are a Christian, and you tell people openly and willingly, that's who I am. I love the Lord. I will not compromise on what he said and who he is. I love you, but what wrong is wrong. Sin is sin. I pray for you to be delivered. I will not compromise on what he did not compromise on. You don't have time to debate when people want to stay in their mess. They're always going to find a reason to make that stuff right. That's what flesh does. When it's wrong, it's in the wrong way. He says suffering in the flesh means you suffer in the will of God. If you're suffering in worldly things, they're fighting against another kingdom. Why are you not hanging with us? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? Can't even represent Christ anymore because we want to be celebrities. And why do you want to be a celebrity who's lying? Being controlled by people to do stuff they don't want to do. You got so many depressed celebrities because they signed contracts that they should not have. He said when you become a Christian and you are suffering because of that, rejoice. You ought to be ecstatic because you have that name. He said, for the time has come for judgment to begin where? In God's household. Another script, another translation, in the household of faith. In other words, it's going to start with the church, folks, first. Judgment coming to the church. That's why you have so much exposure in the churches. The enemy does it to mock God, to make people not want to come to him, to make people not do what he said to do. He said, don't forsake this, the assembling of yourselves together. In other words, don't stop going to church with folks. That don't mean you have to be in a church building. That means mean you can have church in somebody's house. You can have somebody, the church out there in a parking lot. But don't forsake having the assembling of yourself together. He said, "As the matter of some is," he said, "but so much more as you see the day approaching." Now that's what the enemy want to do: keep people talking about church and church leaders, giving the church a bad name, and they trying to lay it on Christ, Lick it out of the Christians. Christ had nothing to do with that. Stop lying on him. What did he say? He said, for the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome? What will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? If we're going to pay, how much more those who don't love him, who talk about him like a dog, you think you're going to get by? He said, if and if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, What will become of the ungodly and the sinner? If it's hard enough for you to get saved because you don't want to let go of your stuff. How much more of the world? But then you got to go back to what he said. When you're loving in your flesh, you're suffering in your flesh in the right way. In, he said, have understanding. He said, what? He said, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. Suffering in the flesh, has you shouldn't be sinning. That's not suffering. You sin. Suffering in the flesh, you might be having some trials and testing your body. You didn't sin to do it. The enemy testing you, yes. God not trying you on that. The enemy is testing your faith. People say, God tested Job. No, he didn't. Did you not hear? Satan did. God allowed it. Because he already knew Job was not going to let go of him. We got to stop lying on Christ. Everything we do that's not like him, God understands. No, he don't understand sin. It's why he died for us. You don't understand nothing but salvation. Repentance of that. Stop holding on to stuff. Holding on to grudges. Still sinning. Can't even, no one can trust you because you can't trust yourself. Christians can't even talk to folks anymore. Don't even know what real Christianity is anymore because everybody say they want. And then the ones who say they want is sinning. But you put Christ's name on that. You need to stop lying on him. He's not with everyone and he's not with everything. Yes, he loves. Because he is love. But to be in a relationship with him, we have to come his way. We got to stop this. Stop lying just because it's your family members and they want to be bold and do whatever they want to do and even do it in a church. You're just arrogant. You're rebellious. And that's the devil. Now, you can't sugarcoat it anymore. Now, people would say, well, you're too hard. You're too hard. You're in God's face and in his house. You're bringing your mess up in there. And you're saying that it's okay. But that's my child. That's my family. That's my cousin. So? That's exactly what he's saying. So? We got to stop it. Stop sugarcoating stuff. And we say we, God's ambassadors. Ambassadors going to territory where He sent you, (laughs) sent you to proclaim, to uphold the country where you come from, to try to make an alliance with the new territory. To bring the two together. How can you bring a sinner to Christ if you don't stay who you are? If you become them, you have gotten outside of the kingdom. You're no longer a citizen. You denounce your citizenship. And when people start seeing it just that way, stop it. I have people, the more friendly question the past few days, than I had since I, the Lord told me to come on Facebook. And I know it's a test of the enemy. Because they want to test me because of the things the Lord has have me to say. They want to see if I give a friend request to someone who's in a same-sex relationship because I say I love the Lord. Of course I will. I love you. But if you ask me the truth, I'm going to tell you. And I, you don't have to ask me because if you look on my page, I'm going to tell you. Anything that God says, is God says. Doesn't mean he don't love you, but he don't like your mess. He didn't say he gave it to you. He didn't say he made you that way. That's your choice you made for yourself. And you had to have a heart and the heart to do it. It's just simple as that. Now, if you get in church and you want to preach and you want to do what God told you not to do, you a bold-faced sinner. He's not in it. Stop talking the gospel. Don't put your hand on anything in the ministry because that's not him. And if you don't like that, sad, but it's true. They can call it arrogant all you want to, and that's where you gotta be. Because the enemy gonna get in your face and test you and try you and say, well, God really was God. Why he would allow this to happen? Why, if that happened to this person, he let them die and this and that. Stop with that mess. Don't even hold those vain communications. Just be quiet and pray. It doesn't make you weak, it makes you wise. Because the enemy is wise and his stuff testing you to see how much you love the Lord. Want you to get in your flesh and get in a mess. That somebody who is weak in the face will see you arguing with that person. And then you have already killed their relationship thinking, well if that's the way God is, I don't want it. Oh, you got people to throw in your face all the time. So you're a Christian. You always want to tell people what to do. Tell people how to live. Oh, you'll hear all kinds of stuff. And it'll hurt, but you shake that mess off and do what God told you to do. You're in the kingdom of God. you his bride. You're going to be with your husband. You're going to tell people about him. How good and wonderful he is. Because he is good and wonderful. And that's one thing about anybody in any family. If you want to know the truth of what's going on, watch the children how they act. They don't have to say anything. When you're a child of God, people are going to watch you. Is God really that good because of how you act? Do you defend him? When you hear his name, do you praise him? Or are you ashamed because you're around people who don't care about him? So you say nothing. Or are you afraid because they're going to come at you? And by God, he told you he don't care what folks say about him. Or Christ, just don't blaspheme the Spirit. Don't you dare say the Holy Spirit is not holy. Don't you dare put the Holy Spirit on stuff that's not what God had created. And boldly say that stuff out loud to folks. You won't be forgiven. He said, You'll be forgiven of talking about God saying he wasn't he didn't exist. Or God did this and God don't like God and all this. You can he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you even said Christ was just a man. He'll forgive you. But with you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, he said you will never be forgiven in this world or the world to come ever. You're going straight to hell. And if they don't believe, that's too sad. So you're supposed to be praying for people that love will cover a multitude of sins, meaning that you're praying for people, that they don't blaspheme him, that they do love him, that they get to know him, that you are living a life to show who he is, that the word gets all the way out into territories who have never, no one has even gone to, to uh testify of Christ. And people want to think they they leaving the earth yet. What? Who do they think they are? Stop putting his name on junk. He wants everybody to have an opportunity to know him. Because he will never be able, no one will ever be able to come to him and say, I didn't hear about you. I didn't hear about the gospel. Oh, no, 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 no. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. That means there are some things that God's going to do Some of us may be the ones that go out into these these territories where they wouldn't even allow you to step up there. But God has given you the grace to go in there and listen to the gospel through you. And you're wondering if we're going to go so fast. Shut that new stuff up. Pray for them. All they want is money. All the enemy is trying to do is get his safe. You know, it's, it's his time is coming. The word already said he's going to have an opportunity. He's going to step into a man who was not known as a politician. But he's going to step up on the scene and he's going to become the world leader of all the world's nations. He's going to be able to create a a religion that's not even holy. It's going to be Satan himself finally had an opportunity for folks to bow down to him. Oh, the opportunity is coming. This cause folks wounded there, but the time is not now. Everybody hadn't heard. That's what he said. And the church folks gonna be judged first for doing this mess, bowing down to idols for money, just ending people's lives over money and status and fame in the church. And in the Hollywood and music industry and governments and all of this stuff, lying to the people, talking about wars that don't even exist. Every war has to be paid for, everybody knows that. All of this stuff going on, and people believing what they want to believe because they want to be famous, they want to be in the end crowd. And to be like Christ, you become humble. When you know who he is and you know how valuable he's made you, this stuff doesn't matter. If the Lord even told you to desire a spouse, if the Lord tell you no, you're happy because you love him more than you love this stuff, you won't keep arguing with him. Oh, that's not my portion. You hear folks say that. That's what he just said to me. Folks are telling me that's not my portion. And he said it is. So who's the liar? You or him? That's a true test right there. The enemy will test people that way. Maybe the Lord is giving people a a, a spouse. But some people, he said, have sinned to the point that they don't have to wait. Or they just might not be. If they love the Lord so much and that is his portion that I want you because really I can use you better if you are not married to anybody. Do you love him enough? Do you really love him enough that, that you are going to accept that and stop everything else? Oh, that's going to be a test because the enemy going to try you. Well, we got to understand. We got too much stuff saying that God is in it. Christ is in it. Christ told me to go here. He wants me to go over here. And then if you knew he told you to go over here, then why you still listen to everybody else telling you stuff that he didn't tell you? Why do you got to always hear from this person and that person and this person when he already told you? And then the sad thing is because you're not listening to him, you've been tricked. You duped and who went because he's playing on something that's inside your spirit. You still want stuff. You still want this. You still want to be famous. You still want all this mess. So you attracted the enemy or draw you to people that are shysters. And you don't even know it. But we put Christ on there in a minute. Oh, they prophesying. Prophesying means he told them what to say. And there's some things God is not in. He said you can't worship money in Him. So if a prophet keeps telling you about a bunch of money, who telling him that? Let's just make that plain and simple. Stop putting Christ on everything. If you, you ask Him His nature, you don't even have to read this word to know what He's got to tell you. Because He'll tell you His will is that nobody die and go to hell. He wants everybody to be with Him. So He'll talk to you if you let Him. The first thing to get to talk to him, though, you say, Lord, I'm I'm a sinner. That's the only way you're really going to get in a relationship with him because you're not coming to him any kind of way. It doesn't mean you don't talk to sinners because he does. Then don't go over there. They'll feel something. Don't go down that road. But with you in a relationship with him, he communicates with you. And then he'll take you back to these case files to remind you of what I did before. But what I'm about to do to you, you see, I did this for them. You need me to do this. If you believe that I did this, don't you know I'm going to do this for you? For everyone out there that needs healing, he's doing it. You need restoration in your home. You don't want to just be, uh, uh, It looks like you're faking it. You know you're not. You love the Lord and everything in your heart. But the enemy is testing you. He's coming inside your house. And he's testing you with those of your own household. Or of your families or your friends. Those that's closest to you that can get to you. To get you so hindered in the spirit. Because you don't want to be fake and phony. That you don't want to do until you stop doing what God called you to do. The Lord is restoring these things to you. There's some husbands who have been separated from their wives because the enemy came in. And in some cases, the husband had done some things that caused himself to be separated from the wives. And at the other end, the wives have done it. The Lord is going to restore these marriages because you two were called. There's also some that had gotten in relationships with individuals. The enemy has been testing you and trying you the whole time you with that individual. The Lord is going to restore these things. He's going to put the peace of God in your relationships. And some that were playing house will become a house. And I hope you understand when you become a house, you're going to do it everything the way he said to do it.